to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm peaches and i'm czar boys how you doing today how's the week been treating you oh pretty good uh, i'm psyched <laughs> dude this, this is gonna be such a good episode i'm so excited to talk about the last article we have yeah about that like i don't even know what i can really give for an introduction on this guy because you read what this episode's called you're probably ready to hear our take on it so let's get right into it um i will do itinerary today unless either of you want to fight me for it <laughs> no nah, i don't feel like but right. only if we take all our clothes off Ooh. Oh, I wasn't going to fight you for it before, but now I am definitely interested. (laughs) Oh, I'm on my way to your house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So today we are talking about some valve abuse. We've got vicarious visions merger. And finally, we're talking stonks. Stonks. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say, boys. I'm so unbelievably excited to talk about this. And I'm even more excited that somebody, that somebody being our good friends are, took the time to actually research this bullshit because I don't understand <laughs> stocks at all. I don't understand it. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I just haven't taken the time to understand it yet. And I'm really excited to hear it from somebody who's more educated than me. Well, I got the breakdown for you, but I mean, basically overall, what I have found through looking into all of these stonks craziness is the stock market is freaking complicated. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Who could have possibly known that this would be complicated? It's a headache and a half. Let me tell you. I'm going to post a picture of, do you ever watch Sunny? It's always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's that meme where Charlie's in front of that whiteboard with like a cigarette trying to explain shit. (laughs) Because that is what the bullshit you have had to go through to understand what's going on here. Oh, no kidding. I've I've had to build a conspiracy board sitting right behind me. (laughs) Push pins. It's cost me my marriage. String everywhere. And yeah, everything's falling apart. Um, real quick, I feel like it's important. We should also clarify before we get into the Stonks article later in the episode that we are not financial advisors and we are not giving anybody advice on where to invest their money. I don't know what this we business is because that's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Dogecoin, baby. It's the next big thing. And stupidly enough, none of us actually got on board with this uh, investing train. So we're just happy to sit on the sidelines to talk about it. Yeah, and I'm bummed out about that, and I'll get into that later. But first things first, we do have some other things to talk about before we get to stonks. So, <laughs> Peaches, what do we got going on with Valve today? All right, well, um, some people may have heard about this already, but Valve is being sued. No! So, Valve, as many people already know, I don't really need to recap it too much. They're the main place you buy games when you play on PC. And they're being sued for their uh, most favored nations clause, which basically prevents 
uh, any developers from selling their game at a different price on another platform. And some attorneys well, are saying... Well, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, uh, they, they list it in the lawsuit as well, that like it's hindering innovation um, by uh, creating an artificial barrier for injury for most platforms. So real quick, we'll pass it off to you guys. What, what are your thoughts? Like, this is some pretty fucked up stuff. This sounds like Monopoly with extra stats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, it's... It's pretty wild. Like, I didn't know that uh, Valve even did this. I mean, you can kind of suspect when you see, like, every game across every platform you look, it's $60. And, like, there's no no sales on it or anything like that. I mean, obviously, Steam is known for their sales. But, like, that's way in the future. When a game is first listed, it's always going to be, like, 60 bucks, 64 99 what have you, depending on, like, the taxes in your state. And if you you'll also notice, if you go across other platforms like Epic Game Store or uh, GOG from CD Projekt Red has a uh, similar service, it's it's always going to be listed at the same price, and that's likely due to these most favored nation clauses that like Valve uh, engages in, and apparently so do these other platforms like Ubisoft, CG Project CD Projekt Red, and uh, I can't remember the other one. Well, what uh, what is the opinion really other than that is complete and utter bullshit? <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, for, first of all, like, I've got more questions about this. How long have be- they been doing this? Like, who noticed it first? What game did they notice it for? I mean, does the article give any of those types of specifics? Um, no, there's no, specific, uh, no specifics on uh, how long this has been going on for and like, what specific game this happened for. I think this is just a general practice that was noticed by the uh, people suing. And like there was actually in the article, they talk about how the DOJ actually ran a, they, how was it? They had a workshop on this in 20 in 2019 or 2020 specifically right. about most favored nation clauses and antitrust and like it still is going on until this lawsuit is brought into the forefront and i mean we can assume that this has been going on for the better part of steam's existence you know like you you can tell just by looking at like what price the games are listed at when they're listed on steam and all these other platforms like microsoft store ubisoft store gog and epic game store huh interesting stuff czar what are you thinking that just seems a bit nefarious i mean restricting uh, developers from sourcing games to other service sites for any amount of different fee. I, I, I just don't know how you can restrict that. And I mean, think of all of the small developers on Steam who, you know, want their games to be sold, but may see that there's an overpricing for their games and they don't have another outlet to be sourced from. And... It, it just kind of sucks that Valve is able to do all of these things without any repercussions because, you know, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go on PC to get your games if it's not illegally downloaded? <laughs> Nine times out of ten, you're going to use Steam or something yeah. <laughs> owned by Steam. 
so I'm of the opinion, and I know Peaches will get into this, so don't argue me yet. We will get into this eventually, I promise you. I'm of the opinion that getting into PC gaming in the first place is just simply not cheaper than it is to get into console gaming. And, you know, that's one of the big things PC gamers always say is in the long run, it saves you money. And I'm a PC gamer and I say, no, it doesn't. Yeah, but but in the short run, you better have the funds to back up a PC. Right. But I will say that one of the saving one of the huge saving graces of being a PC gamer is that the games generally do come to you cheaper, right? Like Steam sales are famous for, you know, how awesome of deals you can find on video games that are not even that old and that are somewhat popular. You know, it's like it's one of the saving graces of getting into PC gaming and for Valve to go ahead and do something like this. I mean, like it on its own is super just like Czar said, nefarious. To put it a little more, you know, scandalously, they're a bunch of dicks. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I think the worst thing about it is, like, they mentioned in the article, this keeps, like, another platform that could do something like Steam, like, offer a similar service to Steam. It keeps another platform like that from coming up because, say, like, the, you know, Steam 2 is coming out and it's made by somebody totally different. Um, yeah they wouldn't be able to really get off the ground because all these games are signed to a, you know, most favored nations uh, clause. So they wouldn't be able to offer a better deal than steam. So there's nothing drawing people to the new market. And so it kind of, exactly. Yeah. It, it prevents competition. Yeah. Like I said, monopoly. Yeah, precisely. It's a, it's a huge douche move and I'm very glad that they're getting called out and sued about it. I mean, and that sucks to say because I've enjoyed most of Valve's content, yeah. you know, yeah. but like I can't support, but I can't support this. It's OK to support, you know, one, you know, support Valve in one instance and also recognize that they're doing something incredibly shitty on the side. And it should be mentioned Valve, you know, like I said earlier, they're not the only ones being sued for this. This like Ubisoft and CD Projekt Red are also being sued for doing this with their like game selling platforms. It says Devolver's in on that, too, too, which is crazy because what has Devolver really done lately? Um, Didn't Devolver do Fall Guys? Yeah, but like besides that. (laughs) But as far as game, as far as I I don't know, I don't know enough about Devolver's game selling platform to speak on it. Um, But what I do, I do know a bit about Ubisoft having used their platform for uh, Far Cry and like Rainbow Six Siege. And CD Projekt Red's platform I use for like The Witcher and uh, Cyberpunk 2077. So, I mean, I have a little bit of experience with those, but I have no experience with uh, Devolver's platform. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I'm looking through Devolver's catalog of games right now, and they've got a couple of decent things. Like, they did uh, Gris, they did... uh, Obviously, they did Fall Guys. That's like their biggest to date accomplishment. But the rest of these games, I mean, they're things I really haven't heard of. So it's kind of weird that they're in on this. But then again, like with the immense popularity of Fall Guys being popular for three weeks before Among Us happened, like, (laughs) you know, I mean, the thing is, I mean, Valve kind of proved you don't need to make a lot of games to have a successful game selling platform. Um, that's true. So I think that's kind of what they're that's doing. That's very true. <laughs> you know, they, they made a couple games and, you know, they're going to coast off of selling games for a while. All right. Well, I'm glad these guys are getting called out on that because that is a bunch of bullshit. Um, anybody have anything to add before we move on? 
Um, it's shitty. I, I hope something comes of it. I'm not expecting any consequences, though, unfortunately. This is kind of stuff happens all the time, and you don't really see uh, them get held to the fire and fix their practices. Interesting stuff. What about you, Zara? Anything? Uh, no, I think I pretty much uh, everything was said that needed to be said. Um, maybe we'll see a new platform arise in the near future. Hopefully something to combat this and, you know, make the playing field a little more even. But uh, if this lawsuit doesn't go anywhere, no and no reg- new regulations are made, then, yeah, we're going to see this happen time and time again, I guess. They just don't have a leg to stand on in this lawsuit. I mean, they just they they really don't like I know it's going to go somewhere. I don't know what the end product is going to be, but I know that one for one thing, Valve is about to get hit pretty fucking hard. I'd like to see him get hit hard. I just I don't see it happening. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. So in the meantime, I do have some new news about Vicarious Visions and Blizz. Vicarious, Vicarious, I don't know. I'm going to call him Vicarious. This is one of the times where I wish Zach was still here. (laughs) One, because he is more knowledgeable about Blizzard than I am tenfold but two i love tasting his tears i love zach's tears it gives me life i swear they cure cancer they feed my soul zachary i miss you zach i miss you buddy all right so here's what we've got going on today vicarious visions merged into blizzard so this article is coming to us from brendan sinclair over at gameindustry.biz so thank you very much brendan activision blizzard has moved its vicarious vision studio from the activision side of the business to the blizzard side the publisher today told game industry biz that effective today it is merging vicarious visions into blizzard entertainment now if you're like me you, re- you heard this or you read this and you immediately had several questions. First of all, who the hell is Vicarious? <laughs> <laughs> who the hell is Vicarious? Why is this a big Who's deal? Who's Blizzard? You what do they do? Who's Blizzard? Like, oh, I love Vicarious, <laughs> but this Blizzard you speak of. Like- <laughs> Are they an indie studio? Yeah, just a small indie company. You, you, you probably haven't heard of them. Well, <laughs> yes and no. Okay, so... I had to do some research on this. So let's start with the Vicarious Vision side of this. Vicarious has maybe, let's say, seven to eight, like, games under their belt. Now, they're responsible for the Skylanders series, which is pretty popular amongst younger kids who are just getting into gaming. Uh, They did Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock. Eh, who fucking cares? I mean, (laughs) come on. Guitar Hero hasn't been popular for years. I loved Guitar Hero, but that's, come on. Yeah, that fat faded real quick. Did it fade quick? I feel like Guitar Hero was around for a while, and... Like those rhythm, those rhythm games definitely had their time in space, you know, like they did. But Warriors of Rock was definitely while it was had one foot in the grave. Right. And uh, before I get into their big three, we've also got Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, which is kind of in that middle section between like these games, like who cares? And like the big games I'm about to talk about. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 is not who cares. All right. Let's get that clear right now. I love me. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) <laughs> it's not in between it's not in between it's, it's, it's far on the other side of we definitely care about it you'll disagree with me when you hear these other titles but like if you like ultimate alliance 2 that's perfectly fine but i'm just saying that we're still kind of in like the meh as far as known territory especially with what we've got coming up so they did those games now vicarious visions has also done Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which, okay, on its own, 
is pretty good. That was a pretty big hit when it first came out, but it does not stop there. They are responsible for Destiny 2. Again, huh. pretty huge. Wow. Yeah. And get ready for this. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which just won the best sports game in the Game Awards. Oh, shit. So, I knew that so, studio was... Exactly. Oh. Exactly. So... So this is not nothing. And that also makes this a little more significant. The fact that Blizzard took them away from Activision in that in that regard. So that is who Vicarious Visions is. Now, what does it mean for Blizzard to be acquiring these guys? Well, that's kind of where I wanted the discussion to start taking place with you guys. So like Blizzard as we've heard Zach talk about time and time and time again, are becoming more and more infamous for like shady business practices, you know, just generally doing things to kind of screw over their main player base and other things along those lines. So how do you feel about Blizzard taking over a company that was honestly starting to build a pretty good library and a pretty good reputation? I don't think that much changes because, I mean, it's Blizzard Activision, you know, like they're one big company and it's just moving over from Activision side to the Blizzard side. And, uh, yeah. and you know, obviously that means the projects they're taking on are going to change, but like the qualities of games are probably going to stay about the same. They just might have, you know, a different supporting cast around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't see this as a diminishing of creative freedom. I think, um, both companies knew what they were getting into when this deal was forged. And if Vicarious Games didn't feel like they truly had a home and a good position within Blizzard, then, you know, they never would have done that. And you make the point that they're starting to become emerging and like they've got a lot of name recognition behind them. And so clearly they thought that it would be very beneficial for both parties if this acquisition was made. And that was a part of like my spiel uh, that I was going to get into here after that is that like for Vicarious, this is great news because their little little studio that just had a bunch of hits are now, you know, getting access to one of the biggest gaming companies there are and all of their assets, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, Vicarious Visions was acquired by Activision way back in 2005. So they've been under Activision's wing for a while now. Yeah, and then when did Activision get taken on by Blizzard? That is a good question that I don't know off the top of my head. That's just all I'm saying is, like, at the very least, this is certainly going to show that, like, there's going to be a difference in, like, ironically, Vicarious Vision's vision of, like, the kind of games that they're going to be creating, different kind of leadership. I mean, the quality of whatever it is that they do is still 100% going to be there. But, like, these guys had a lot of momentum, and I'm just not 100% sure about how they feel getting taken from Activision to Blizzard. I mean, on the complete other hand, Activision is no better than Blizzard when it comes to scumminess <laughs> as of late. So that's fair. So like, honestly, it might honestly be nothing. It's just, you know, kind of the blind leading the blind on that one. I feel like uh, I know we're a bit past it, but you missed some of other uh, uh, Vicarious Visions. Great games. Shrek 2 and 3. Oh, how, how could you forget Shrek 2 and 3? Come on, JP. They, they didn't. Le I'm looking at their website and they don't have it listed. It's almost as if they're not proud of that or something. <laughs> how could you not be proud of those masterpieces? 
Like, you know what? Maybe these guys don't know what they're doing. Maybe I gave them too much credit. <laughs> yeah. I've, one thing that I saw that they also did, though, I was kind of surprised to see. Um, they did the Spider-Man's 1, 2, and 3 games. And if that's the Spider-Man 2 that I'm thinking of, like, they kind of set the precedent for what a good, like, Spider-Man game is. You know, like that. The one from back in the early 2000s? Yeah, let me double check that. But when I was looking this up, they uh, it said that Vicarious Visions did this. Wow. Huh. Okay. That's a little that? good something. They're probably I'm going off of what they've got on the website and they're probably just going off more of their like more recent most popular releases, sure, but yeah. either way, either way that's still a pretty impressive library to be honest. In fact, it's almost a little surprising that they didn't get a few of the projects afterwards. Like, um, I think Activision took on uh, the new Crash Bandicoot game last in time. But, you know, they did Vicarious did such a remarkable job on the Insane Trilogy. They could have easily given that project to these guys, too. I mean, now, obviously, it doesn't matter, but still. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope they keep making good stuff going forward. I need, I still need to try out the remastered Tony Hawk games because I used to love those back in the day. But I got nothing but the best wishes for them going going forward from here. Pro Skater One and Two is definitely on my must buy, but I'm actually waiting till I get the new PlayStation to give this a go. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna do, or you know, maybe get it on my PC. Just whatever makes it look prettiest. It doesn't feel right playing Tony Hawk on a PC. That's, I don't that's know. also very fair. I mean, even if you have a gamepad or external controller yeah, just, or whatever. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. My yeah, opinion, but still. I disagree with that. Shut up, PC gamer. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course you do. Why wouldn't Look, I'm you? I'm just saying, like, controller in hand, everything feels the same. Not when there's still a keyboard in front of me and I'm sitting in a separate room. Yeah, part of the experience is the sofa and the TV. That's just our opinion. (laughs) Anywho, we can settle that kind of a debate for answering gaming's biggest questions in the future, I guess. Good idea. Actually, I'll write that down. (laughs) To the idea board. I am done talking about Vicarious. Um, We've got something huge to talk about. Czar... I'm handing it over to you. I don't even know how you're going to begin to get into this, so I'm really curious to see how this goes. All you. Well, I, I suppose we should start from the beginning here. Um, stonks! <laughs> yeah, stonks! Put very simply, that is the name of this article because it is all about the stonk market. Stonk! I'm just going to... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to stop. I'll stop yelling stonks. In case people have been under a rock for the past few days, um, a lot of crazy shit has just happened, um, including a stonk market upset for the first time in history. The little guy, everyday person decided enough was enough and finally stuck it to massive investors. Ah, I'm so happy. Yeah. And so... There's a lot of opinion. There's a lot of speculation going around. And so I want to try to keep this as unbiased as possible. Try to save my critical remarks, my heating hatred and all of that other stuff and just focus on the facts here. And to do this, I actually had to source three different websites from Investopedia.com to TheConversation.com and finally TheGuardian.com. Okay. 
And what I found is, well, not surprisingly enough, the st- the stonk market is utterly confusing. <laughs> Stonks? Who could have possibly thought that the stock market was confusing? Who? Who could have thought that? Right? Right? Okay, so little background, kind of overarching story of what happened here. Uh, Basically, GameStop, as we've been talking about for months on this podcast, is just burning to the ground. It is a dying company on its not even last leg. It's standing on a toenail. (laughs) That's all I got (laughs) And so what happened was a bunch of uh, hedge fund investors came in and bet against GameStop's stonk. And (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah, so these hedge funds were planning on short stocking the GameStop stonks. And by doing so, they would essentially bankrupt the company. But then in comes Reddit and they're like, no, 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 no. We're not going to let you shut down this company without a fight. So they start buying up all of these stonks that the hedge funders were betting against in that the value of these stonks would fall and ended up losing shitloads of money because Reddit picked up all the slack. And then other people started getting in on buying GameStop stonks. And now all these hedge funders are out millions upon billions of dollars. Okay, so before you continue, I've got a few questions. All right, shoot. First of all, what is a hedge fund? Ah, I'm very glad you asked that because can yes, I, can I get in my bias here real quick? Oh, yeah, get your bias in. We need to get all the bias all bugs right. out. Yeah, fuck hedge funds. All my homies hate hedge funds. Go ahead, Zar. Well, tell me, tell me what it is. I don't know what's happening. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I did say I wanted to keep this unbiased, but yeah, no, fuck you those hedge you fund investors. You said you wanted to keep this unbiased, which you can. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, hedge funds are specifically pooled funds by groups of high-end investors where said pooled assets are used for non-traditional investment strategies. These funds can be used to invest in tons of areas like agriculture, real estate, business, and many more different types of opportunities. Okay. But in that vein, because these portfolios are so diverse in what they can be invested in, Mm -hmm. they are not heavily regulated, much like other funds by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, otherwise known as the SEC. Okay. So, yeah, that already is a little bit of a red flag. The fact that they're not regulated and they're highly exclusive, I should add. But before we get into the rest of that, where exactly does this name come from? Like, why is it called hedge fund? Well, originally it was considered hedging against the downside risk. And these hedge funds were actually considered very low risk. But in modern times, hedge funds can be extremely risky. In fact, hedge funds played a critical role in the housing collapse of 2008. Oh, so, okay. Wow. Yeah. So we're kind of playing with fire. Yeah. Yeah. We are playing with some very bad economic depression fire right here. Oh, oh. 
And so now moving forward a little bit, as I said, these hedge funds are incredibly exclusive, which makes them a little bit sketchy on the surface because only accredited investors are allowed to participate. And I use this phrase in quotations. And by being accredited, I mean individuals that have an annual income of $200,000 or more for two years or what? whose net worth exceeds a million dollars. Well, that's that's not fair. Yeah, it's the rich people's club. And, you know, only rich people can choose to invest and be ex- accepted into this club. And it should be mentioned, like, this is like ultra rich, not just like your regular rich people. Like, this is hugely, hugely rich people. So the story so far is that the GameStop stonk, as we know, was about to completely go under. and These hedge fund people were waiting for them to do that so that they could rake in the money. And then a group of none other than our heroes, the Redditors, decided they were going to pick up the stonk to make it go up. So these hedge fund guys would get screwed over. Yes. And so that is exactly where I was confused, because how do you bet on a stock to fail? And how do you lose money when you make that bet? Where does that money go? What the fuck is happening? So I had to look really hard to answer these questions. And that leads me into a lot of the finer details of what's going on here. So stay with me just a little bit. Okay, I'll do my best. When a hedge fund comes together, um, there's a bunch of risks that I mentioned earlier and they become apparent. So here is where you're going to start to see the um, easier ways to lose your money from hedge funds. So the pools, the pooled funds are completely liquid from the get go. Once you buy into a hedge fund, they're liquid, Mm -hmm. which is a financial term, which here means easy to convert into cash without loss of value. And then once all of those liquid assets are pooled together, they enter a lockup period where none of the investors can withdraw funds without special circumstances. And these lockup periods usually last about a year. Okay. Based off of what I just said, you may notice two huge risks. The first being that investors' money is completely off hands for at least a year. And secondly, what would normally be a small investment loss can turn into a massive loss because everyone is in the same boat, so to speak. Okay, I actually understand this a lot better now. All right. Well, that's good that you do, because it's about to get a little bit more confusing because this is now the introduction of what the hedge funds purpose was, which is a financial strategy known as short selling. What exactly is short selling? In this instance, investors were borrowing tons of GameStop stock to sell on the market, expecting the company's stock prices to plummet. Okay. And so that is that is the key principle to short selling is the initial sale of all of these stonks on the market from the investors are not their stonks to begin with. They are borrowed from the brokerage directly from the company. Mm-hmm. At which point they sell the market influence, the market influx of sold stonks on a specific company is going to force the market to reevaluate said company and then diminish their prices per stonk. Okay. Because the stonks are borrowed, the investors still have to pay back the stonks that they borrowed. 
Oh, okay. Yes. So the plan is now coming together. And so let, let me just set a very general scene of what happened and what's going on in the app in the area of short selling. So let's just say to begin with that the market price for a GameStop share, one share was $20. That prompts the short sellers to buy up or to borrow, I should say, all of these stonks and sell them at the market value of $20. Mm-hmm. That then causes a chain reaction to the market to evaluate the stonk price to let's say an arbitrary number of $4. So now the price of a single share of GameStop went from $20 originally to $4, at which point the investors buy up all that remaining stock that they borrowed and return it. I mean, so it sounds pretty simple, right? In this scenario, as the investor, you sell one share at $20 and buy up the same share at $4 then you just walked away with a $16 profit. Okay. However, this scenario can go the other way too. And in GameStop situation, it definitely did. All right, so are you still with me here? Yes. Okay, so let's use that same scenario then to paint a picture on what actually happened. So the investors borrowed all the stock, sold it for $20, and they expected to see the market price drop so that they could buy the remainder of the stock and make all of their millions of money like they intended. Right. But instead of dropping in price, GameStop GameStop stunk actually increased in value. So now let's say that because Reddit started buying up all of this stunk that was being sold by the hedge funders, Day traders who day traders, this is a phrase in financial terms that means everyday people like us on the podcast, downloading an app on our phone that easily lets you trade in like pennies on the dollar stock prices to like a hundred dollar stock prices. Right. And so all of these apps started flagging down the day traders like, hey, GameStop is really, really low right now and people are selling it, but now they're buying it up like crazy after it dipped a little bit. You might want to jump in on this and make a little money yourself. So that's what they did. And now it wasn't just Reddit that these investors were competing with. It was virtually anybody who had access to a stonk portfolio. And as a result... Yeah, yeah. And so as a result... Based on the stonks that Reddit and the day traders bought, the market reevaluated the company's stonk so that now we have a price for one share at $50. And if you use the exact same logic path that we use to gain money, you can also see just how quickly you are able to lose money in this situation. Holy shit. Yeah, because... Investors were were put in a very tough position when they sold all of the stock that they borrowed at a lower price than the current value. But when it went up, they still owed that borrowed stonk back that they have to pay for. So that $16 profit that one person took away for betting that the stonk would drop and it did versus that person who just lost 30 
and owes Stonk back to the company itself. Oh my god. But yeah. obviously it got a lot higher than that, right? I mean, like, that, there was oh, yes. one point where that GameStop Stonk was at, like, what? What was the max? Oh, I got I got the values here. So on a on a much larger scale, like you said, JP, this happened. So on four perspective, January 12th of this year, 2021, GameStop's stonk was valued at $20. But on January 27th, the stonk was worth $347 per share. Okay. Over the course of two days. That's two days. That was like a 12,000% inflation from $20 per stonk price to 347 plus in that two-day frame where the stock price just shot up over 178 million shares were traded holy crap normally on average less than 10 million shares get traded a day for GameStop specifically Okay. That's absolutely insane. Wild. Never has small investors in the history of the United States have small everyday people upset the market so much. And honestly, we talked a lot about GameStop on this article, but Reddit, among other day traders, also saved such companies as AMC. Yeah. And that's not surprising. They're probably going under soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially with the pandemic. Not getting into that here. But yeah, many like two dozen tiny companies in today's standards that are a little bit dated. Reddit ended up saving the day for. But this is not the end of our story. Oh, no. Oh, no. It gets much nuttier because obviously no one likes to lose money. Right. I mean, I don't have anywhere close to a million dollars, but I can imagine that I would be a little pissed if I lost any figures in the six digit range. Yeah. Or I guess seven digits. That's an extra digit. So what do the investors do? They start crying to Congress and demanding compensation in the form of reimbursement and for Congress to basically hit the reset button on the market. L-O-L. Yeah, imagine like a bratty kid that yeets a board game off the table because they're pissed that they're losing and demand that you reset the board the way it was before they were losing. Oh my God, they can go fuck themselves. Yeah, they really can. But keeping it unbiased, keeping it unbiased. Oh, we're well past that. (laughs) But I mean, the thing that these investors have to realize and the thing that makes this all the more hilarious is that when you put money into the stonk market, you gotta accept the risk that somebody is gonna be standing behind a bank counter and telling you, and it's gone. <laughs> but unfortunately for all of us small fish out there, apparently all of the bitching and moaning from the hedge funders had an effect. Restrictions have been put in place on multiple platforms, which blocks anyone other than big investors from buying shares from many companies, namely GameStop. What the hell? Yeah. In fact, such apps such as Robinhood, which ironically was founded under the principle of providing easy to understand stonk options for everyday people. Oh my God. Their motto is, it doesn't matter if you have $10 or $100, you should still be able to invest in your future. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that that 
phrase, that motto for their app really didn't stand the test of time because they were one of the first to ban users from buying GameStop stonk. And even in some circumstances have been selling certain stonks from people's personal accounts without their knowledge or consent in an attempt to rebalance the market. That's got to be extremely illegal. It should be. Oh, my God. But it's the stonk market, so it's not illegal. It's just balancing the economy. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really, my God. Really gives you faith in in our economy and the stonk market and everything. Like, holy crap. We... Dude, I don't even... <laughs> I don't even know what to say right now. Like, that was the most boring expose I've ever gotten. And that's why I've never gotten into the stock market. Um, if you want to know some kind of fun news about uh, Robinhood is apparently uh, there is somebody paid for a plane to do a flight path around uh, Robinhood's uh, HQ with a sign that said, suck my nuts, Robinhood, on the back of it <laughs> and did a circle around. Good. Uh, good. Because, I mean, like, the, you know what the most wild part of this story is? The most wild part of this story is the fact that this all happened because of a company where I once sold the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game for the Wii for $4. Wow, they gave well, you $4 uh, <laughs> for that? <laughs> you know, what I think is really great about this is, like, GameStop is a company that, you know, we all kind of look back like with nostalgia and you're like, you look back positively on them generally. But GameStop was pretty shitty when you think about it. It's like you go there with like Borderlands 1, right? And it's like, I just bought this game for $60 and you sell it back to them like, all right, well, best I can do is four fifty. Yeah. Like, right. And that's <laughs> being it's wild that this is happening with, their, with that same company's stock. Right. So I'm... Look, I already know that I've given my opinion on GameStop before. I personally don't care that they're going under. I Exactly. With, but it's funny that this is the company Reddit chose yeah, to. I, yeah, I absolutely agree. Gamers, exactly. rejoice. Because, <laughs> I mean, we've been we've been talking about it on this podcast for months that like we see GameStop dying. GameStop should probably die. I mean, there's no place for it anymore. It needs to be chalked up to history like Blockbuster. But I miss Blockbuster. So, <laughs> don't we all miss Blockbuster? <laughs> that place was so awesome. But anywho, yeah, we we know that GameStop was going to die. We've been wanting GameStop. Well, not really wanting GameStop to die, I guess. But I'm not rooting for it. I'm just not necessarily doing anything to help them. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's really hard to know how to feel in this situation because at on the one hand, yeah, it's hilarious watching these investors lose millions of dollars all in the sake of, you know, a video game trading store. <laughs> well, it's not even just million. It's it's billion with a B, right? Like they're yeah. losing. They lost. Uh, I want to say like what was it? Two point five billion when GameStop first spiked. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, yeah. That's insane. That's an unfathomable amount of money. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy how much money just went through the stock market in less than two days. So. What, uh, the three of us, what did we learn from this experience? Don't underestimate gamers. 
<laughs> yeah, don't don't fuck with the internet or Reddit because they'll they'll get you every time. Numbers outweighs, I suppose, financial security in this case. Do you remember when uh, that article we talked about, Czar, uh, where it was uh, Reggie fils was supposed to be on the board for GameStop to help them save up? Do you think after he saw the stock, he was like, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You just got (laughs) Reggie'd. You just got Reggie'd. I'd saved you. Legendary. Legendary. I'm out. Reggie out. (laughs) Honestly, would this not be the best point for him to just walk out? Like, all right. My work here is done. Yeah. What if Drops what if Mike. Reggie what if Reggie was the original Redditor that did this? Like potato in the ass sixty-nine is just <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, let's all and he's just off in the sense, let's all buy GameStop stock and show the stock market. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, that's a great That's a great idea, potato in my ass. <laughs> oh my god. This whole thing is wild and I can't believe it happened at GameStop. That TMNT story was true, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of all of all the companies for this to happen to, it's a hell of a year to be a, a gamer. Apparently, this is a, a very big win for gamers. But I guess as a final note, one last question. So now where does GameStop go? And among the other short stock survivors, where do they go? What do they do? Because obviously Reddit can't float these companies forever. And any day the market could either be overturned or these hedge funds get together and really gang up on companies like GameStop and AMC and, you know, really short stock them for real this time. But... I suppose by pure coincidence, the company was saved for the day and the time being, and they can go about their businesses and keep their doors open. selling fucking pop figures. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Basically, they're they're becoming the Spencer's gifts of video uh, games. Any store where, like, their main product when you go in the store, if it's mainly Funko Pops, that store deserves to close. Yes, (laughs) I I agree. (laughs) I'll see you in hell. (laughs) That may be a really funny opinion, but, you know, that is a necessary opinion and strategy that, you know, should be examined because clearly what they were doing when all of this shit hit the fan was not working for them as a business. So now that they got this miraculous second wind, they got to figure out how to stand on their own two legs and keep their goddamn doors open. (laughs) Oh, it's not happening. They're going to mess this up big time. There's just there's no reason to have GameStop anymore. Like for the life of me, I can't figure out what the point of a GameStop is other than like going there for nostalgia and to kill like 30 minutes. It's the blockbuster syndrome. Uh, uh, That's just a thing, man. Retail store that is lost to the test of time. We have better means of getting games at this point. I haven't bought a disc like for my PC in so long. I think the last time I tried to put a disc in it, it spit on me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what was that? I was going to say, that's surprising because I haven't seen a PC with a disc tray in years. (laughs) All right. So we learn we learn lessons and we made some friends along the way. <laughs> yeah, m- maybe the real stock price increase was the friends we made along the way, huh? <laughs> yeah, we can we can say that. Whew, I'm I'm tired, boys. Let's 
say we pump through these game releases. And... <laughs> I'm tired of listening to you. This stock <laughs> stuff is so boring. <laughs> How do you think I feel? Damn I it. had to type up. I know. All... I know, buddy. I know you did. I thank you for falling on the grenade of going over that. But holy shit. All in the <laughs> sake of understanding what the fuck was happening. Ugh. I think we can just sum it up in uh, my initial point. Fuck hedge funds. I agree after what I now know. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Sorry, you can stay unbiased if you want. <laughs> nah, nah, fuck, fuck those hedge fund investors. GameStop for life, <laughs> even though you'll never see me there. GameStop lives. Oh, my God. All right. It's time to wrap this up. Let's go into some game releases. Uh, Peaches, you want it this week? Uh, yeah, I will give it a whirl. All right. So for the game releases this week, we have Odysseus Cosmos and his robot quest releasing for the Nintendo Switch on February 4th. Werewolf. What, no Stadia? No Stadia. It's just the Switch, I guess. I mean, good for the Dang Switch it. getting Odysseus. <laughs> I, I heard the Stadia, it might be be gone, gone. I think it kind of imploded on itself, so we may not see any more Stadia <laughs> games. That makes me really sad. Does it make you sadia? <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been waiting to make that joke? <laughs> but it's ever since the stadia was announced Did you're you? like oh i can't wait oh i can't <laughs> wait czar i think you just set yourself up to make that pun and i'm furious <laughs> those are the god. best kinds of puns the ones where you don't see them coming <laughs> that was really good that was really good i can't i, I can't be upset that was really good lols continuing anyway. with the game releases Uh, (laughs) Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood Releasing for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, and Xbox One Also on February 4th And for February 5th We have Kinetic Edge Releasing for PC Neo Remastered the Complete Edition For PC and PS5 Neo 2 the Complete Edition For PC, PS4 Neo 2 Remastered the Complete Edition For PS5 (laughs) The Neo Collection for PS5. Oh, come on! What the <laughs> fuck is up with this Neo? <laughs> yeah. We're all really stoked about Neo. That's We, we needed four of them. I Obviously. Guess. And Weebs Rejoice. Uh, I, I think it's ReZero or ReZero. Uh, starting Life in Another World, The Prophecy of the Throne, releasing for PS4 and Switch on February 5th. Weebs! <laughs> yeah. And for February 6th, we got Ampersat releasing for PC. On February 10th, we have Scarlet Hood and the Wicked Wood releasing for PC. That's a sick name. Yeah, that's that's, that's a pretty nice rhyme. I I can appreciate that. Scarlet Hood and the Wicked Wood. I like it. All right, boys, that's... That's going to do it for this episode. I am tired of listening about stocks. Uh, Join us next week for... Or join us on Saturday for the segment where it'll be a little more exciting. Uh, I'm sleepy now. (laughs) (laughs) But now you know what's going on. In depth. In depth. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. Uh, We will see you all in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Later. 
If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.